Welcome to Spirit Speaks, where angels and non-physical beings of pure love share their wisdom, perspectives, and tools to help you in your life. I'm your host, Lisa Virtue, and I channel spirit by allowing them to use my voice to speak directly to you. I'm also an energy healer, where through personal, customized sessions, I facilitate your transformation to your most amazing self. Spirit has been working with me for over a decade, and in that time, I've been witness to many miracles and life-changing moments. I've experienced a multitude in my own journey, so know firsthand what truly is possible. It is our desire, Spirit and myself, to support you in living your most authentic, beautiful life. My special guest today is Pam Montgomery. She's an herbalist and a teacher. She's an author of two books, and she has spent a lifetime dedicated to plants. I'd like Pam to tell you a bit more about herself and her background. So let me introduce you to our beautiful guest, Pam Montgomery. Welcome to the show, Pam. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. Um, And yes, I've been working with plants and trees and gardens and the outdoors, nature, pretty much my whole adult life, which now is getting to be a long time. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it's my passion. I just love it. I love the green beings. And I feel like I have learned so much from them and it just keeps on. They're just like, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, that's what they are. So it's, it's been a, a lovely adventure for me. And it started, it actually started back with my grandmother. I had, Hmm. I was one of those persons who had the great good fortune to have a grandmother that was Uh, My grandparents lived in the eastern hills of Kentucky, which is, you know, it's country, boy. It is, it's like the salt of the earth. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what you, when you hear that expression, that's what my grandparents were. And she was a real plant person. And she would go out in the afternoons and start picking and pruning with her plants. And she'd be talking the whole time. And I'd say, Granny, who are you talking to? And she said, well, in, in her very Kentucky accent, well, plants are just like people. They need friends, too. And I was like, oh, so she she gave me that gift of of like, oh, you're you're supposed to be in relationship with your plants. And, mm. and, and that's what makes them grow beautifully. And that's what makes you feel so good and happy. And so that's what I thought. I, I, from the, from the beginning, I was like, oh, you talk to your plants. <laughs> so that's, that's my background and where I come from. And it's just been an amazing journey. That's such a wonderful introduction. I love when, when people have that, that figure who says, no, you can do this. And of course this is a thing. And so when you were young, we don't question that and, and it can really enrich your life. But for those of us who maybe didn't have that, we get people like you who tell us, You can do this. So you have so many things to share. We're going to try to touch on everything in this hour. If we don't, we can do another one. But what are the subjects that you'd like to cover today? I know we've talked about it. but We have talked about it. And part of my thing is I feel like I have so much to share. And it's not just me. It's like it's really what the plants want to share with us because I feel like they're just offering so much these days. And so I I have a lot I want to share. So I want to talk about our symbiotic relationship with plants. And I want to I want to touch on kind of our current times that we've been in for the last year and how that touches in with plants and, and nature. I want to talk about plant communication, which also means we would need to talk talk about heart coherence because we enter that communicative place through our hearts. And I would love to be able to talk about co-creative partnership. And so, you know, let's see, I've got a list <laughs> and I want to do like a sweet meditation with everybody too, so that we can get connected Excellent. to the plants. So let's start with what, you know, what's going on in the planet now and what, what we can learn from nature and how that can help be helpful. Well, that's a big one. We've all been like heavily impacted here in this last year with this pandemic. That's that's what we're calling it uh, here on the planet. And 
It's really interesting because uh, I actually, I just recently did a survey on my mailing list and sent out this kind of questions like, how are you doing? And how have you been impacted by nature or by, by the pandemic? How have you been impacted? And how's that been for you with your relationship with nature? And I have to say, pretty much across the board, like most people said, nature and the plants and the trees saved me. Like literally, like if if it hadn't been for the plants or 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 nature, you know, and all that goes with that, you know, when I say nature, the extension is plants and trees. So right. ninety nine percent of all living organisms on the planet, and I see you've got all that beautiful, lovely growth that yeah, I can see behind. Today, I wanted to try to make sure I could show what uh, the vista is here. It's the first time it's oh. been quiet enough to do it, but I'm for people that don't know, I'm living in Costa Rica and, and the nature here is spectacular. So I definitely am living what you're talking about. We were living in an apartment by the highway before and, you know, there is nature, but kind of shut into that, that room. And once we moved and were able to get out here, it just felt so much better. And I was so glad that, that I could be in lockdown up here instead of in my tiny little apartment. (laughs) The nature made all the difference. It really did. Well, I have to say, even, you know, even the folks that I heard from, like from New York City, uh, they were like, oh, I've got this little house plant and we communicated every day and it was so wonderful. And and I mean, as, so even, even like you say, in your tiny little apartment, uh, people were t- tuning in to, to plants and to nature just in the, whatever way they could. And so I feel like these times are, and also, as you know, Many places on on the planet, the air has cleaned up and things have shifted, so less pollution. And so you have to look at it and go, hmm, well, okay, yeah, it's been kind of a drag for us not being together and all that. However, we've deepened our relationship with nature, perhaps, or with the plants or the trees, and the environment has benefited. So I feel like this whole virus might have come along for a reason. And I'm not negating what's happened in some people's families and it's been really difficult and I get all that. And some people would say that viruses, which have been with us since day one, and there's tons of them everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really a part of our virome and biome and all of that. And so some people would say that viruses are what drive evolution. Uh, right, and that right. you need the kind of the stir, there's a stressor that needs to happen and, and that's what drives evolution. And so then viruses come up, come in and some would, some would say that they're ap- actually upgrading our, our genomes, our genome, mm, our genetic. That's fascinating. So it's kind of like, so, so like, you know, taking it all in. And, there's always and- some benefit you can, there's always a bright spot or a lesson that you can learn from any challenge. So I think the pandemic has offered a lot of opportunities for growth for people uh, in their their inner world, their spiritual, their their lifestyle. So many places that people can have been forced to stop and pay attention. And so I think the plants, you know, as we've seen, when we're not in harmony with nature, things can go awry. And this is true. This, this is, is giving true. a little example of that to us. Yes, it is. And even I've been, you know, I do a lot of research. And so I've even been looking into like some of the powers that be are starting to say that as well. Something came out of Harvard recently and their their health institute there. And they were talking about how um, in order for us to our health to be balanced and all that we have to this is a quote heal our broken relationship with nature and i was like thank goodness they're finally talking about this (laughs) okay yeah that's a good idea we better do that so that's kind of what i'm all about to be honest is like i'm about like being in relationship with nature and and it's i mean we're, we're in relationship with nature because we breathe because right. our breath comes right. from all the green beans. So that's a given. The The relationship part is a given. We don't have to try to work at it or try to do something extra to make it happen. What I'm looking at is like, how do we bring it into a conscious relationship, conscious awareness, and it moves into like a co-creative partnership. We're here together. We're doing this together. <laughs> and how do we do that? And how do we do this and create a sane world? And so... Anyway, I I feel like 
it's so important right now for us to realize that this relationship with nature and with the plants and the trees is super important. It's like imperative right now. And Pam, I mean, you've been working with the plants for so long. What sorts of things do you see as the benefit that we can have as we develop this relationship? And how do we develop this relationship? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> big question. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's start in the beginning, which is that, first of all, we're very symbiotically related to plants. We're, we're closely related. Some would say, and I would say this too, that we're more we're more closely related to plants than we are to other animals. Right. And everybody, like, well, wait a minute, we're an animal, so we're really related to all these animals. Well, yeah, but the plants, all of our oxygen all of our oxygen comes from the plants or the trees or the or the sea or sea plants a lot from ocean plants as well so all of our oxygen and all of our tissue we wouldn't you know we don't make tissue from sunlight plants do so all of our food and some people would say oh but wait a minute i i eat meat so therefore well and then that animal ate a plant that then you ate so all of our food and you know i would extend that also to like our medicine i mean i know that there's allopathic medicine that's been synthesized but much of our medicine has come from plants or synthesized from from plants so on a physical level i mean we are like we wouldn't have our life if it wasn't for plants right so there's that and then on an emotional level there's this whole thing now called biophilia. Biophilia basically means love of natural processes or love of life, or, you know, I extend that to love of plants, <laughs> love of nature. It's how we relate on an emotional level, because the whole, again, the, this whole kind of hypothesis about biophilia, they're actually in the science now, they're hunting for a gene in, in our genetic makeup. They're hunting for the gene that is that we need to be in close proximity to nature. It's a need. It's not a want. It's not a it's not like that we absolutely need to be in close proximity to nature because because of our symbiotic relationship and because we've like evolved with plants mm -hmm. since day one. And so we've had this long history with the plants and close proximity up until, oh, I don't know what. 150 years ago. That's, well, now you know, forest bathing has become very popular, which, you know, as we've said, it's just a walk in nature, really a walk in the woods. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's have to be called something to make sure that we do it because yes. it is so important that people have results from it. And we only know that because they've gotten away from being with the plants and they're starting right. to feel that right. something's missing. And so something's when you missing. go back there, you can really sense all this stuff. I mean, and you would know what's actually going on there, but we, well, I would know that it just feels good. Yeah. The big one is the terpenes, especially if you go in like a, you know, evergreen forest or something like that. All these, it's, it's like aromatherapy right there. There you are, you know, you're getting right. all these amazing what's being emitted from the trees and it takes in and it really boosts your immune system. I mean, you know, I look at the whole COVID thing and I'm like, okay, we should be taking walks in the woods every day to boost our immune system, if you have that option. And for those who don't live in beautiful areas like you and I live in, then take a walk in the park, you know, go into Central Park and go near a tree and hug it, you know? I, I mean, literally, it's all happening there too. So so this whole thing with biophilia, it's about our, our love for nature and nature's love for us. And it really engenders that emotional peace where you feel like, like you just said, when you go out into nature that way, you go out into the forest, it's like, wow, you feel so much better. It's like, oh, this feels good. <laughs> so good mm. vibes, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, anyway, you, you said in nature's love for us. I'm just, that tweaked me. It's like, what do we know about their perspective on human beings? Well, I mean, again, kind of evolutionarily, Plants have always preceded their animal counterparts in evolution, always. So what's happening right now? Where, where are we at right now evolutionarily is that 
I believe our evolution is a is now of a spiritual nature. It's like it's about raising consciousness. Mm-hmm. And and so so I pay attention to like what's happening with the plants? What are the plants doing? Mm-hmm. Because if this theory holds, that would mean that they would evolve spiritually. There would be a spiritual evolution or or a consciousness raising or biointelligence, whatever words you want to use. I, I spiritual, I like to use that word. So um, they're evolving. So to me, when I see that, I'm like, they care enough about us to like step up their own evolution to precede us so that we have them as like a guide to our spiritual evolution and our raising of consciousness. So like back in the sixties, there was all this, you know, working with psychotropic plants and uh, things that altered brain waves and all of that. And then there was flower essences, which are the vibratory, vibratory resonance of the plant. And then there's plant spirit healing, which is what I'm working with. And then there's this piece that I'm also doing, which is called, I'm calling it plant initiations and plant initiations are where, you know, an initiation when you think of it kind of traditionally was where the elders of the tribe would initiate the young people into the tribe and and to what it means to be a part of the tribe and to be part of the collective in a same way. And so now what the plants are doing is their their piece of evolution is to step up to become the elders because most of the human elders are almost gone now. And so now who, who initiates us? You know, we're a bunch of, you know, we're a culture full of uninitiated adults, which means we don't know how to live in the collective. We don't know how to live within the tribe. We don't know how to live with in all of our diversity and be sane. Instead, we're just fighting with each other all the time. And so here's these plants that are doing this for us so that we can evolve. They are stepping it up. They're taking the place of the elders initiating us into what it means to be truly human living within the collective. And so these initiations we're doing is like working with one plant for three days. That's what I'm doing, working with one plant for three days. We fast and then we make an elixir. So it needs to be a plant that you can ingest and making an elixir, meaning putting together different kinds of preparations of the plant and ingesting it and then doing all kinds of things with the plant, like embodying the plant and doing shamanic journeying with the plant and um, doing green breath, which is another whole process that we do with the plant. So anyway, this plant initiation to me, um, going back to your question, which, what do you, what do you mean? Love, (laughs) you know, plants love us, you know, or the nature's love for us. Plants is love for us is that they want us to succeed. They Mm. do. Well, it would certainly help them out, wouldn't it? Uh, we're not being so kind to them these days. So the be- right. the more that we can have that, well, the initiation into our symbiosis, into the unity of how nature, you know, everything is dependent on each other. And we, yeah. we recognize that then the more everything can thrive. So I can see why they would have a vested interest. <laughs> yes. Yes. They do have a vested interest. Yes. And, um, so anyway, I, I just it's just my experience has been that plants don't betray you. Plants don't give up on you. Plant, they they're here to feed you and bring you medicine and yeah. That's my experience. So, I feel like we're like the younger sibling or something or they or we're their child and the plants are like the adults and they're just trying to bring us along, you know. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> so, anyway, wonderful. Now, you were talking about heart coherence. What's that all yeah. about? Well, coherent heart rate variability is how you measure these days whether you have a healthy heart or not. And if you if you were got hooked up on an EKG, the way it would look on a graph would it's just a variableness. It's not it's not all the same. It's variable. It's not it's not like that. It's not jagged. Any of that. It, so it shows up as a variability. And basically, what that means is that when you're in coherence, you then entrain with the brain, and 
I, you know, I, I'm actually including now the the gut brain mm-hmm. <laughs> in that as well. There's actually this lovely syncopation that happens in in internally and externally as well. And and it's because the heart is the primary organ of perception. It's the one that does all the perceiving. I mean, your heart in fetal development, your heart is beating before the the brain even starts to develop. So it is literally primary. It is number one. It's the first. And so it's the primary organ of perception. It gathers all the data from out here, brings it in and brings it in. And when you're in coherence, when your heart's in coherence, all this comes in and your and your heart says, okay, great, here we go. This is the decision we need to make about all the touches that we're receiving and all the data that we're receiving. Okay, here's the decision sends those messages to the brain and the brain carries it out. But the heart makes the decision, not the brain. Hmm. And so this has been a a big thing because there's this little saying, it's a long journey from the head to the heart (laughs) because our culture especially is so like heady. I mean, there's a lot going, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening from up here and the heart kind of gets put aside. It's like, Oh, that's emotion. That's sentimentality, you know, like, oh, you know, to the Hallmark card department of sentimentality. (laughs) When the truth is, it's really, it's really is the job of the heart to be the primary organ of perception. So anyway, so, so what we want to do is bring the heart into coherence. And so that that it can sit on the throne, call on all the shots in, in its rightful place. The way that we do that is we give these positive impulses to the heart. So a positive impulse would be like appreciation and gratitude. That is a huge positive impulse to the heart. And it's not about, it's not necessarily about thinking about appreciation or thinking about gratitude. It's like being in the state of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a state of being. And so that is like a huge positive impulse to the heart. And that that one's relatively easy, I think, one to do. It puts us into coherence. And then there's things like forgiveness. That's a little trickier because mm-hmm. that means somebody done you wrong. And, <laughs> and so, you know, forgiveness is one of those places of like, you know, um, when you hold a grudge like that and you can't forgive, it's like a vice grip on your heart. And it's just like hardens the heart. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. so um, there's this great book called The Heart Math Solution. Right. It sounds kind of a funny little title, but they're doing all kinds of work on on heart coherence and on positive impulses to the heart. So just if anybody wants to check out that book, that's a good one. But there's a great quote. I'm going to I'm going to read you the quote from that book. Forgiving releases you from the punishment of a self-made prison in which you are both the jailed and the jailer. Yeah. I'll say it one more time. Forgiving releases you from the punishment of a self-made prison in which you are both the jailed and the jailer. So it's like when you can't forgive, it's like a double whammy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like they say, so, when you, you want to hurt somebody by giving them poison, but then you end up being the one ingesting the poison and you're the one poisoned and you know, right. all backwards. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, and it's a, it's a huge power leak. It's like, you're not, you're, you're giving over your power to somebody or something else. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, you know, and I know that forgiveness is like a whole spiritual path in and of itself for a lifetime or two. Uh, but what it does is it leads to compassion. When you can forgive, and there's all kinds of suffering that occurs from not forgiving, but then it leads to when you can, it leads to compassion where you actually can feel like, like you want to do something about the suffering. You know, you want to do something about your own suffering or somebody else's suffering or the suffering of humanity or the suffering of the planet. It just leads to this bigger place in your heart where you can step into that bigger place of compassion. So it's quite powerful if if you can do it. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's another huge p- positive impulse to the heart. The Another one is innocent perception, otherwise known as non- non-judgment. Again, yeah. a little trickier to do. And with plants, it's like going into it like with the eyes of a child. It's mm. like as if you're seeing it fresh, like for the first time. It's like, you know, you go out to dandelion and you're like, well, you know, I've been working with dandelion for 20 some years now. Like whatever, you know, what more is there to know about dandelion? That just slams the door shut because 
the, again, the plants are evolving along with us too. And they're also evolving within their, their chemical constituents are shifting and changing. They're, you know, there's a lot going on here. So if you close the door to the plant you think you know really, really well, because you've been working with it for 20 years, then you might miss something. You might miss the fact that, oh, now this plant is really going to be helpful for chemical sensitivities, for example, or mm. all the EMFs, all the electromagnetic, you know, stuff that's going on out there that you might be sensitive to. So the point being here is that it's important to stay open to fresh eyes, fresh perception, open heart, and, you know, a non-judge. We, we could do that with people as well. You know, if we, oh, you know, knew absolutely. someone 30 years ago and we only ever continue to see them in that light, well, they've had 30 years to grow and develop and progress. Right. And if we yeah. come back at them with, well, what have you become? What What's new? And without yeah. holding them to something. So I think to plants, I, to anything, yeah. Imagine if you walk through the door at night and you're, and there's your partner and you look at them as if you're seeing them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. You know, instead of like having them in this little box and all slotted, you know, that's right. And it's just, it's just a whole different. So it's really like innocent perception means that it's like, you know, with fresh eyes, with a fresh way of looking, uh, no judgment. And again, that's another one that's a little tricky to do because we do tend to judge. And, um, and I'm not talking about discernment. Discernment is different. Discernment keeps you safe, yes. you know, but but I'm talking about like, oh, you know, that person, blah, 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 you know, and, and it really begins with ourselves. Stop judging ourselves. Then we stop judging our family. Then we stop judging our community and our stop judging our government. You know, it just goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a huge positive impulse to the heart, puts the heart back on the throne, calling all the shots, puts the heart into coherence. Um, and then the, the last one is care. And care is another one that's just so beautiful. And however, for those of us who might be practitioners or whatever, there is this thing of overcare. So we have to be careful not to do to, to that and just remember that to take care of ourselves as well. But care is another very positive. Yeah, balance in all things. Yeah. Balance in all things. So so this is what heart coherence is all about. And it 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 what it does is you know, you give these positive impulses to the heart and it goes into coherence. It's, it synchronizes everything internally. Um, you know, everything just works in this beauty. And there's, there's all kinds of ways that the, the brain and the heart and train with each other, but that'll, that'll be for another time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that gets a little more, you know, detailed and everything, sure. but, but, and, and then what is so beautiful that happens when we're in coherence like this, we are able to release a hormone. This is another way we're kind of hardwired here to make this connection with the plants and, and with nature. Uh, it releases a hormone called oxytocin. And many people know about oxytocin because of the birthing process, because oxytocin gets released from the heart and the hypothalamus, but it, it oftentimes gets released during like peak experiences. So birth, death, orgasm, uh, beautiful sunsets, you know, it's mm -hmm. like that. It's, it's when you like catch your, it's like you catch your breath. You kind of go, <gasps> you know, it's that, it's that yeah. wonder. It's that, it's that mm -hmm. awe. It's that like, oh my gosh. And you get, you know, start to get the little goose bumpies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody just, uh, somebody just came up with it. She said bonding bumps. <laughs> she called them bonding bumps. We were, we were talking about this <laughs> because oxytocin is called the bonding hormone. Right. That's its name, the bonding hormone. And it's literally how we make the connection. It's how we connect, connect mm -hmm. to ourselves, connect to each other, connect to nature, connect to the plants, connect to animals. It's how we connect. And what this hormone does, it initiates what's called the restorative response. Mm -hmm. Very different from the stress response. Yes, definitely very different. Very different. And these days, I mean, gosh, what I'm seeing is the stress response. It's almost 24 seven, uh, how much Truly. stress response is going on out there. And, and it's just like, and we all know that stress is, it's, it's, a, it's, it's one of the big killers. It really is. Cause Absolutely. it really, and when you have constant stress, 
it just sets a whole chain of events into into motion that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. So I've I've actually specialized in teaching restorative yoga and yin yoga, okay. which are both ones to help mitigate that because it's so prevalent. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. have to take that time. Like we have to schedule time to relax, to be stre- yeah. to take that stress away. So yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> So you know what I'm talking about. So we really want to make that switch. We want to make the switch from uh, switch from stress response to restorative response. And the way we're going to do that is to get with our hearts, give positive impulses to the heart, get into heart coherence, let the oxytocin get released, which, um, you know, you can feel it. You can feel when the oxytocin releases. It's kind of like a warm flush. It's not blushing necessarily, but it, you just feel this warm flush or your chest feel kind of, kind of full, like a full glass of water or something that's starting to overflow. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you get, you get the goosebumps of uh, the bonding bumps. And <laughs> it's just like, you're in that aha moment or the <gasps> moment or the wonderment. I, let's see. I, the wow moment, the wow moment, which is, uh, let's see, I, I brought, I put together some words that would be W O W, which is wake up openly to wonder, wake up openly to wonder. I like that. So it's wow. Wow. You know, it's like the wonder, wonder moment. So anyway, that's why we really want to be in heart coherence. It's so important. And so I didn't share this before, but I met Pam many years ago when I took her plant communication workshop. And I remember how heart coherence is so important to being able to connect with the plants coming from the heart. So maybe we can segue now into talking about plant communication and you can explain to us what that is, what that involves, and maybe a bit of how we would do that. Well, again, we want to begin in our hearts. And so that's why we, you know, talk about heart coherence and how to get there. And, um, and, and that's always where you're coming from when you're, when you're working. I, I mean, I think it should be where you're coming from all the time, no matter what, with, with, doesn't matter whether it's nature or plants or animals or people, it's, you know, it's always good to come from the heart, right? (laughs) So, um, but especially with the plants, because it's not, this is not a figure it out thing. We're not, it's not a brain thing. And what I find with, in working with my students and stuff is if they're, if they can't get out of their heads, it's, they just struggle, 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 struggle. And so as much as you can be in your heart to begin with, that's where you start from and going into that place of appreciation. So, and that's kind of like looking for the beauty. So one way of beginning your communications, if you're working with a plant that maybe you feel like it's really hard to love it or to feel like, oh, oh, you know, it's really easy to love a rose hmm. or it's really easy to love a plant that smells really good, like lavender or something like that. It's a little harder to love poison ivy or poison oak or or an invasive species. Those are the ones that are really getting dissed these days as invasive species or even a plant that might be diseased or something like that. So hmm. what I encourage folks to do is look for the beauty. There's beauty everywhere. And every plant and tree is here for a reason. We're we're all here for a reason. All of us. We all have gifts that we've come in with. Mm. That's why we're here. Our job is to share them. And so that's it's the same with the plants. And so I I'll tell you a quick quick little story about poison ivy which is that I was the calamine lotion queen when I was a kid. My mom, you know, I had pink all over me because I was extremely allergic to uh, poison ivy. And I was living in the Hudson Valley at the time and uh, on an old farm that had an old orchard that had been taken out. And but there it had been chemicalized and everything. There was lots of poison ivy. There was tons of it. What happened was one winter I got a rash all over the side of my face. I mean, the entire side of my face. And it's, I, I'm putting oils on it and everything and it just keeps spreading. Oh. And I went to my daughter's school. She was young at that time. And this little girl looks up at me and she says, how come you got pizza all over your face? And I went, that's it. 
I'm going to go home and I'm going to stare in the mirror. And I'm going to figure out what this is. And I go home and I literally, I stared in the mirror for the longest time. And I went, oh, this is poison ivy. Like how the heck did I get poison ivy on my face in the wintertime? Then mm. I was like, oh, let me go check the wood that we're burning in the wood stove. And sure enough, there were poison ivy vines on this that were still had still had resin oh. in them. And I probably handled a piece of wood and then sat down with a cup of tea like this. Uh-huh. I got poison ivy off. So I was like, okay, obviously my relationship with poison ivy needs to change. There's a problem here. And so the next spring, I went and sat with poison ivy. And I'm like, you know... I know that you have a fabulous gift here that you're offering on the planet. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I I know you must be bringing a gift here. And I have this garden here that I just love. And, 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 you know, you're kind of in and amongst it and I'm really allergic to you and it's really uncomfortable. Is there something we can do here? Is there, <laughs> is, there something, is, is there like, can we shift our relationship? What can we do? And, and poison. I was like, sure, we can do something. And, I've never had poison ivy again, again since then. And now, but this was a deal. So, so then my part of the deal was that I, because one of poison ivy's big gifts is it's a protector plant. It protects the earth. It, you know, and this land had been really abused and the poison ivy was there and it was really protecting it. And so my part of the deal was I needed to become the protector of the land. So poison ivy didn't have to do that anymore. And poison ivy could leave, it could recede. And so that's what I did. Mm. So I told you that story because part of our communication begins with looking at the beauty in the plant and looking at its gifts. That's a big one. And then, you know, there's sensory awareness. We have our lovely senses, which is a lot how we interact with our environment is through our senses. And so you smell, you touch, you taste, you listen, you feel it, you um, you observe it. Deep observation is really a big one. So, you know, going through sensory awareness, then there's felt sensation, which is that plants, just like people, have just like anything alive, has a vibratory resonance. We all carry a vibratory resonance. And when you're working with the plants, plants, and this is in the science, by the way, that plants have a greater ability to fine tune their resonance to you than we do to them. So they can fine tune to us better than we can fine tune to them. And so if we just kind of get ourselves out of the way a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, <laughs> stop thinking we're controlling everything and we're making it happen and realize that actually the plants are making a lot happen here. And just, you know, so anyway, so this felt sensation, it's a sensation in your body. So it could be like, you know, a fluttering in your heart or a knot in your gut, or one of my felt sensations is everything gets fat. Like my hands get fat, Mm. like they expand. And I know now that that means I'm, oh, now I'm in an expanded state. That means I'm, I'm hooked up, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm connected is what that means. But every plant has a vibratory resonance that you can feel as a sensation, not an emotion, as a sensation in your body. And when you identify that sensation, you can call it back up. So it's like, instead of, okay, I'm going to go sit with this plant and maybe if I'm lucky, I'll make a connection. Wouldn't that be nice? This takes it out of that random place because you now you've got this sensation that you, it's called putting a handle on it. You put a handle on it. So like I call this elephantitis. <laughs> it's not elephantiasis, which is the disease. Elephantitis is like, oh, this must be what it feels like to be an elephant. That's what the sensation of my hands getting big, my feet get big, everything gets big. It's like, oh, this must be what it feels like to be an elephant. That's the handle I put on it. So when I say I can sit here and say elephantitis and I can feel my hands starting to get bigger, that means I am working through that sensation that I originally got way back when, and I can call it back up. Mm -hmm. So you get a sensation from a plant and you can clearly identify it, clearly make a connection with exactly describing it, and you're 
boom, right there. You're right back in that connecting place with the plant. So like white pine, a tree, white pine is like, you know, here on the East Coast, like the pines are like the redwoods of the West that are the (laughs) white pines, big, tall trees, beautiful. And I am and so in love with white pines. And white pine for me is a a posture. It's like my shoulders go back. I stand tall and straight in the center of my being. And here I am. And it's tower of strength, tower of strength. And I can't even tell you how many times Tower of Strength has has come to my aid. Mm. Standing on a street corner in London after a volcano went off in Iceland and I couldn't get home on an airplane. And somebody said, go out and take the red bus. And I walked out on the corner and all the buses are red. And I was (laughs) like... Oh my God. I stood right there on that street corner with my luggage and everything that I was dragging with me. And I said, okay, tower of strength, white pine. I need your help and I need it now. And sure enough, here comes this lovely little businessman walking down the street of Indian descent from India, comes walking down the street and sees like big tears rolling down my cheeks. And he said, oh, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I have to go to Ireland because my friends are there and I can't get back to the United States. And so I'm going to go to Ireland, but I have to catch a boat and then I have to take a, I have to take a, <laughs> take a train to a boat. And he said, oh, OK, I'll take you. He said here. And he got out his little Palm Pilot or whatever he had. And he was like looking for the schedules and everything. And the bus came along that was the right one. And he said, OK, here, come along. We'll go on this one. And it was like, I'm telling you, it was like uh-huh. a miracle happened on that street corner, but it was because I called on white pine, but it was the tower of strength. And there I was right there with white pine. I said, I need your help and I need it now. Mm. Like we can't wait. I need it now. And boom, it was right there. So just, you know, there's, there's all these ways, you know, then there's the the, the dream time going into the dream time, daydreams, nighttime dreams, shamanic dream journeys. And so there's so many different ways that we can communicate. And and can you communicate just, I know the answers, but I'm still asking for people anyway. <laughs> can you just talk yes. to them? Can you talk to them directly, like ask questions or how how does that work? Well, it's about kind of learning a different language. It's like, you know, you learn Spanish. Others speak different languages. And so you need to learn that language. And it's the same with plants. It's like you need to learn their language. And one of the big things that about their language is that And this is kind of true in all the biological world of the foundational way in which we communicate in the biological world is through light and sound. Hmm. And again, this is all in the science, light and sound. And so it's biophotons, light, at the nucleus of the cell, on a DNA level here, at the nucleus of the cell, we have what's called biophotons. And plants have biophotons. Hmm. And then there's biophonons which is sound. So there's, which, you know, it's the, it's the vibratory resonance. And so light and sound are foundational across the board in the biological world. So for example, when my biophotons are like connecting with my plants, biophotons, we're communicating because Mm -hmm. that's how it works. And so, so there's this great man, his name is Fritz Popp. P-O-P-P, Fritz Popp. He's he's a German biophysicist and he's done all this amazing research on biophotons. So he is, and he we're talking cancer and things like that. We're talking heavy duty stuff. And, you know, people are going to say, well, how does he do this? I'm guessing it's through a machine. Um, he's giving biophotons of plants. He's transmitting them to people with cancer. And what's happening, he calls at the nucleus of the cell, the pattern of the light is being re-informed or mm. re-patterned by the, by the light from the plant. Wow. And that's, that's the thing, especially with cancer cells, is that the light, he, he says, the light goes awry. And the biophotons from the plant come in and re-pattern the light at the nucleus of the cell toward health and balance. Wow. And it's just like, and I'm sitting here going, wow, now that's leading edge. I, you you want to talk yeah. about leading edge? Now that's where I want to go. And so, and, but this is, this is how we communicate. We communicate through light and sound. So what does that mean for us on a practical level? 
um, I, I really encourage my students to do like toning with a plant. You know, there's toning like the the tone for the heart chakra is ah, ah, ah. You know, I tone with my plants or sing to your plants or play music to your plants. And mm-hmm. as you know, the plants do sing back to us when when we're able to hook up with them but that's again that's that's another story for another time but um and and with light it's like you know you look out like look around you I mean you've got all this green and your heart chakra is the color green and I look at the color green and say oh well that's an expression of the plants and trees love for us because it's hitting me right here in my heart chakra that green color Mm -hmm. because and we we see green because of the it's vibrating at the wavelength and the frequency of green. And so it's, so we can, you know, we can tap into the light through color because that's, that's how we experience color. That's what we see. We see in this narrow band in the spectrum, but there's UV and infrared too. So there's light on the outside of what we see. Mm-hmm. We not, might not see it, but it doesn't mean it's not there. So we, we work with light on that way too. And I've, I think, because I do channeling with spirit uh, and communicate with spirit that way, I found that in some of my, when I've chosen to communicate with a plant, that I get it interpreted in English for me, because I find that happens for me with spirit as well. It's whatever the intentions coming through, my processors uh, translate it for me. And so there's been a few times I've had some very powerful interactions with plants and and just quickly, I, I have a bougainvillea plant here that I just love, but it wasn't really blooming very well. And so I, I'm like, okay, I got to connect and find out what's going on. And there's one next door that is blooming, like I've never seen them bloom before. And so I actually went next door and kind of tuned in remotely to my plant. And it was asking me to look very specifically at different parts of that plant so it could see what was possible because I feel like it didn't know what was possible. It's in a pot. It hasn't seen other bougainvilleas and I was showing it how many blooms and it was like, how many leaves does it have? And the next day it started and it just, it was incredible. I've never seen it bloom like that before. And it was, it was thanking me for, for showing it what was possible. And that just amazed me. I, I mean, I didn't think of that level of, of connection with the plants, but I just, like it, like you said, like a child just approached it for the first time. Why not? Why put a restrictor on it and and let it be open? And then the results really, really floored me. So all sorts of things are possible. It, it, I would say the sky's the limit because, or, or the cosmos is the limit. You know, it's like, I feel like these plant beings are so intelligent and so the word I use is magnanimous. It, it, it kind of blows me away how incredible they are and how giving they are and how just exactly what you just described. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit about this little story with Cleve Baxter, who was the lie detector guy back back a few years back. And he hooked up plants to his lie detector. And he did these all these experiments at university and he was working with these students. And so he had one student in like another part of the building, you know, you know, a plant over here who he had that student light a match to a leaf of the plant. So to kind of like shock the plant. And then in another part of the, of the building, another part of the campus, uh, a different species of plant, not even the same species of plant. He, um, nobody knew who the student was that lit the match. And he had all the students walk past this other plant. And again, this plant was hooked up to his little machine. And the minute the, the kid who lit the match walked past it, it was like, you know, all the, all the dials started going and all the, you know, everything started going. And so the plant, this plant knew what happened to that plant over there and who it was that did it. That's and amazing. Wow, really? Yeah, I think there's so much that can just blow our minds and there's so much more available to us that we're just starting to find out about. I think this field could really develop so deeply, you know, 100 years from now, we would be amazed at what's going what's going on with, yeah. with plant communication and yeah. interspecies cooperation. So we're coming to the end of our time. 
unfortunately, Pam, I don't think we're going to be able to fit the meditation into the radio show, but we will fit it into the YouTube version. So for those of you who'd like to do the meditation, that will be posted in about three weeks' time, and you can find it through my website, lisavirtue.com. And before we go, Pam, I'd love if you could share with people how they can get in touch with you and learn more and delve more deeply into this amazing world of plants. Well, you can go to my website, which is wakeuptonature.com. So www.wakeuptonature.com. And that tells you what I'm up to. Uh, I do have an online course coming up. It will launch, um, it will become active on May 1st, which is co-creative partnership with nature. So it's all the stuff we talked about today and a whole lot more. So that's happening as well. Wonderful. So that's how you can be in touch. I also have a book, uh, a couple books, actually, Plant Spirit Healing, A Guide to Working with Plant Consciousness, you might want to check out, or Partner Earth is a Spiritual Ecology. That's my other book. Wonderful. Well, I'll put those up on the screen for people to, to see, and of course, they can purchase that where they can find books everywhere or through your website. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for sharing your time with us and opening us to what's possible with plants and you, we just touched on it. There's so much more. So I encourage anyone who's, who this has struck a chord for to, to delve more deeply. And there's a wonderful world awaiting a green world. <laughs> That's right. A big fat green world. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Pam. Thank you so much. It's been great to be with you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember next show is our last one on news for the soul. It will be a live call in on May 5th. So you can tune in and listen to what Spirit has to share. You can ask questions or you can offer your comments on how Spirit Speaks has impacted you over the last two years. Spirit has had so much wisdom to share with us and our special guests have been truly inspirational in opening our eyes to all sorts of new possibilities out there. If you'd like to hear more special guests, I will continue doing those on YouTube. And if you'd like to hear more from Spirit, you can join me once a month for a conference call where you can ask your questions. You can sign up for that on my website. Thank you for listening. For information on my guests and details of my offerings, as well as past episodes of Spirit Speaks and the show schedule, head to lisavirtue.com. That's L-I-S-A-V-I-R-T-U-E.com. If you would like to talk to Spirit or create a deep transformation in your life, email me, lisa at lisavirtue.com. There's something so rich and wonderful in that personal connection that really makes you feel heard and known. I look forward to connecting with you, both personally and on the next show in two weeks' time. Until then, remember, live your authentic life.